The following podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And you're here listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. And we wanted to take a moment to say we do really appreciate that. Oh, for sure. We appreciate all of the likes, the comments, the um, YouTube subscriptions, the iTunes subscriptions, and everything that everybody's been writing to us and giving us great ideas. And Absolutely. So you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. We post all of our podcast on, which is DuramaxTuner.com. Yep. So you just go to YouTube and search Duramax Tuner. You can check out the iTunes page, which just search the name of the show here, which is the Diesel, Diesel Performance Perform- Podcast. Absolutely. Diesel Performance Podcast. And uh, you can also check us out pretty much anywhere on social media by searching Duramax Tuner or Calibrated Power. They are the, the sponsors of the show. Uh, today, though, Danny, we have a fun one. It's about time, Paul. <laughs> Absolutely. So we are joined today by Cliff Hutton of Triple C Diesel. Cliff. Hey, how are we doing, Paul? I'm doing great, doing great. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, Cliff, uh, you own and operate Triple C Diesel there out of North Carolina. How long have you guys been around? Yeah, well, we've been at this location for three years. We've been, we've been around in total for five years. Absolutely. Now, Cliff, I met you about three years ago then, uh, probably right when you guys were getting into that location, and we started talking about tuning for your Duramax and Cummins trucks that were coming through the shop and met you out at Rudy's a couple of times. We've always had a, a lot of fun out at Rudy's. Um, and that was the first time that I got to see your truck. I don't think it was my truck. I think it was my wife's truck. <laughs> that That is true, actually. Yeah, so the first year it was it was your wife's 12-valve. Uh, uh-huh. Casey Hutton, which she's been featured in magazines before and all over social media with that 12 valve. And then it was the second year where I got to see the seven, three, the monster truck, the one that, the one that's oh, two stories truck. tall. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cliff. Yeah, no, it, uh, absolutely. No, that, uh, enough said. So tell us a little bit about what got you started on that build. We just finished a big job on a guy's truck and, um, he said, well, now I've got to find a four wheel drive shop to a, uh, to get a lift kit done. And I said, well, find a four-wheel drive shop. Well, you're already at one. And he said, well, you guys don't know anything about lifted trucks. You just do diesels. So um, it, that honestly kind of aggravated me that, that somebody would say something like that, that I don't know something about trucks. So um, six weeks later, uh, the mega truck was built, and um, we named it Enough Said just for that fellow. <laughs> That's all it takes sometimes is one hater coming through and motivating you to do something like that. Absolutely. Okay, and so that was a that was definitely a long drawn out process of uh, of six weeks. So it, it wasn't long for most people, but but when I have a project on my mind, we work around twenty hours a day. So that uh, it got done pretty fast. But you no, know, we wanted to go with the best of the best, the state of the art equipment, and we built everything right here in the shop from the subframe up. So this is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions. If you can appreciate the kind of advice that Paul and Danny are giving. Uh, our listeners on this episode and would appreciate that kind of personalized advice, I would encourage you to check out calibratedpower.com and duramaxtuner.com where you can get a hold of our guys and get that kind of personal attention five days a week, eight hours a day, 815-568-7920. Back to the podcast. Walk us through that build. What did that look like? Where do you get started when you're building it? Well, actually, it's a 2001 F-250 two-wheel drive automatic transmission. Which is, which is what you want to start with. You want to start with a two-wheel drive truck. And the reason why is um, you're going to want to run a divorce transfer case, a drop box. So 
So we, we went with the two-wheel drive for that reason, so you can just run a short drive shaft. The four-wheel drive trucks, you take the transfer case off, you have a, a big transmission leak. So we went with the two-wheel drive truck, and um, I put it on jack stands here in the shop, and um, I took a torch and I cut every single thing out from underneath of the truck suspension-wise. Um, there, was, there wasn't a single bolt left on the frame. And um, then we took my forklift, we built new jack stands, um, we built six-foot-tall jack stands, and um, we lifted the truck up and put it on the jack stands. We wanted to build it at ride height since it was our first one, and we needed to measure for angles and, and things of that nature. So we, uh, we put it on the jack stands, and uh, I got 200 feet of pipe, and we started bending and building and going from there. So I, I want to get that right. The floor of the truck sits six feet off the ground? Yes, sir. Yep. The cab lights are 11, 11 foot three inches oh. to the ground. <laughs> How do you get into this thing? We actually climb up the back side of the tires. And I built, I built real big running boards for it so uh, that you can stand up there and, and not have to worry about falling off. Because at that, at that height, you could actually get hurt if you fell. So. Yeah, the floorboards, I've seen this. The floorboards are about a foot wide. Uh, and it runs tractor tires, is that right? Yes, sir. They're they're a uh, 28L uh, tractor tire, which is about uh, 67 inches tall. 57 inches tall tire. All you boys with 35s are just shitting a nut right now, aren't you? Just, just <laughs> wishing, <laughs> wishing you could run 57s. Uh, it is insane. I will say I got to sit in the driver's seat of this thing, and um, I feel like if we pulled it up to a house, I'd be looking in the second-story window. Absolutely. You would want to look in the second story window, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Paul's kind of a creeper. He's like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he's all right. Uh, I, I don't know how much of a creeper you could be with a monster truck. That's not very incognito, right, <laughs> as you're rolling on. Hey, well, you, know, you know, down here in North Carolina, we got to compensate somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so what has been done to the motor? I mean, you've got these huge tires on it. You're super lifted. How do you get this thing to get out of its own way? Well, believe it or not, the motor is almost stock. Um, we do have a cold air intake on it, um, and the only performance mods other than that is um, a TS6 position switch. It's just a stock can tunes in there, um, and we run it on a 140-horse tune, and the rest of it's all done with gear ratio. We run a, a 630 gear in the rear differential, or in both differentials anyways, and we run a 4-to-1 gear reduction in the transfer case. Jesus. Fully built stock, though, huh? I got to love that. You know, it's got 370,000 miles on it. Um, <laughs> original engine, original transmission. We put a used set of injectors in it. Get out of here. Nope. No, and it's, it's, been, it's been great so far. We did have some transmission temperature issues, so we put a deep sump trans pan on it, and we did end up mounting a, a big transmission cooler in the bed of the truck with two electric fans on it. Did it help? It absolutely helped. We uh, we don't see above 160 now. Wow. What were you at? Um, gauge goes to 260. We maxed that out uh, two or three different times. Wow. Cliff's got a saying, and that's stay in it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. When we're out playing in the mud and tug of wars and stuff like that, you know, there's nothing we can't fix. So we uh, we absolutely, if, if it's going to break, we want it to break. When in doubt, throttle out. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Now, Cliff, you had mentioned tug-of-wars, and I think that's something that a lot of us in the diesel community don't really pay much attention to. A lot of us are just into the sled pulling and drag racing aspect of this, but can you tell us a little bit about some of the experiences you've had with tug-of-war in this truck? Absolutely. Um, we've been all over North Carolina and all the way down to Diesel Thunder in Mississippi. Um, 
in Mississippi was a great time. There was a bunch of other mega trucks there. Um, and we're, what we do is we just we, we hook up bumper to bumper, and um, we're tugging on concrete or asphalt. And we, we pull in the unlimited weight class, which is run what you brung, anything goes, um, two differentials of the max. And it has been it has been an exciting experience, I can tell you. To to learn to go from the, the sled pulling side of things to learn how to go using tug of war stuff and, and being successful in both, I mean it is it has been a blast. Uh, here in North Carolina we did uh have one mishap in Charlotte. I'm sure everybody's seen the YouTube video with uh a truck getting pulled in half. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead and repeat that sentence. Yeah. What was that? Was, that was your truck? Yes, sir. It was. It was. It was us in Charlotte, um, pulling against a uh, regular cab Dodge, and yeah, the frame rails just wouldn't hold up where uh, where he had it hooked. So. And it just folded the truck, right? It, it folded the truck right in half. Yes, I think sir. that video went viral as soon as it was released. Absolutely. It, it, Sure did. The only video we've been a part of that went viral. <laughs> that is my goal, is to get a video or a picture to go viral. So congratulations to you on that. That's well, hard all you do. have to do is tug-of-war a truck in half. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is, Danny. Just do it. I just don't see that happening <laughs> every day. So have you have you done tug-of-war? Because I don't know, obviously, I don't know of any stock ride height trucks that have come even close to moving enough said or enough said. Right, so um, have you tugged against or pulled against any any other super lifted trucks or mega trucks? Absolutely, in Mississippi, we tugged against a uh, a bobbed five ton, um, who was very very heavy, and um, ended up we bent both his rear leaf springs all the way up to the leaf springs were touching the frame, and the the rear tires were touching the fuel tank, and the transfer case exploded out from underneath that truck. Yeah, son. And um, we pulled against another Ford mega truck who was actually bigger than me. He was taller. He he had to come in on a semi, and um, he had never been pulled before. He was he was awfully cocky, and um, it, he left with uh, missing the drive shaft. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, I mean we always talk about sled pulling being one of the hardest events on a truck, but tug of war obviously has some immediate carnage that we're discussing here, right? What? Absolutely no, no. Sled pulling is definitely hard on parts, but um, never, never is is hard on is sled pulling. Sled pulling is, or excuse me, tug of war is something insanely different. Where you can take a stock truck with with great gearing, and you can be very successful. But when things, if if you haven't completely overbuilt the truck like we have, then the axles, U joints, anything and everything is just going to go flying out from underneath these trucks. <laughs> That is awesome. What's different from a driver standpoint? Um, driver standpoint, where I, I'm used to going wide open and 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 really letting the engine scream and and lowering the compression and making more horsepower up on the top end of the higher RPM range, where this is more more along the lines of being patient, trying to keep the traction in the tires without spinning wheels, and so it's not really a horsepower game. It's more of a, a traction and outweighting the other guy. No, kind of guessing what he's going to do and and beating him to the punch. You're on pavement, and that sounds crazy enough, right there. I've done some tug of wars in front of a couple large groups, large audience, you know, and I immediately broke both half shafts up front and and damaged uh, my front diff. So I, it costs a lot of money to play that game. It absolutely does. <laughs> <laughs> I tapped out they, after that. 
Now, now, when we built our truck, we, we knew we were going to play in the mud a lot, but we also knew that we were going to end up getting into some sled pulling stuff. And um, so when we did, we overbuilt the truck in a way of, okay, this is going to hold up to this, this is going to hold up to that, um, but it still be functional in both ways. And you can see that in the design of our subframe. Our subframe drops lower than, than most people's do, but we did that for a reason of we wanted the four-link bars to be at less of an angle. The, the straighter the angle, the stronger it is. So we, we definitely wanted to go 10 degrees or less on the bottom four-link bars, and we were right at 10 degrees. Um, and I took a lot of knowledge from the sled pulling side of things. When we built the pulling hitch in my truck, it's a sled pull. Pulling hitch is what it is. Um, and we also use, use suspension stops where most people in tug-of-wars, they don't, they don't do any of that stuff. They don't usually know anything about that. That's not, not something that's usually regular thought about in the tug-of-war world. Very cool. So what's next for the truck? Um, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's been one of the best builds we've ever done. Um, in the sense of we haven't had to do a thing to this. It has just been <laughs> your mom's crazy. Your mom's calling. <laughs> are, you, are you taking a Zumba class? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's just we haven't had to do anything to this truck. Other, we change oil once a year and keep fuel in it. We drive it every day from behind the shop out in front of the shop. So we are going to go back to Diesel Thunder this year in uh, Mississippi. And we, we are going to try to hit up a few events. Now, I can tell you the guys around North Carolina, they don't want to play with us anymore. Well, you ripped um, somebody's truck in half. I wouldn't want to play with you either. Yeah, it happens. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, there's, there's lots of tug-of-wars going on. And, you know, we call the, the event organizers and stuff like that and, you know, ask them, hey, is there going to be a class for us? And they say, absolutely not. You know, nobody wants, nobody wants to tug-of-war with you. They said they're going to leave if you show up, so don't, don't come. <laughs> definitely having to, to go a little further than we'd like to, to to play but so you said weight is definitely an advantage to have over your competition when it comes to tug of war do you think hitch height has anything to do in wheelbase absolutely not so much wheelbase but hitch height is number one you of course it's just like anything if i'm if my hitch is taller than yours i'm going to be picking up on your truck and um the next thing is weight the more weight you have the better you can hook up with traction so, absolutely. So when we run the unlimited class, we run around. We're my trucks are right around twenty thousand pounds. Wow. What did you do to add to the to get weight like that? Are you, I mean, what are you doing to get heavy? Well, coming from the sled pulling side of things, I have a lot of extra tractor weights laying around. <laughs> so we usually put a, a a whole bunch of tractor weights, around four thousand pounds of tractor weights, in the bed of the truck, and um, we do add a water tank in the bed of the truck, a three hundred fifty gallon water tank. No shit. Plus, I mean that the actual lift on this is all welded steel, right? Absolutely. Well, the coilovers are forty-eight and a half inches long, fully extended. Jesus. Um, and it's there's no set lift on this truck. You know, it isn't that I, I call Tough Country and ordered a, an eight-inch lift or anything like that. You know, this we're into the feet range now, and I I'm not going to say it's any certain how much lift it is because we really don't know. Can, can you walk us through that process a little bit as you are building that, that frame down or that lift down, that subframe, to be able to actually hook up? What, what did it take to make that happen? Um, well, we'll say a whole lot of welding wire and, and some quick geometry, and um, we, were, we were in the game. 
it um, there's actually only four bins, two bins on the two main pipes. You know, so one, two a piece. So there's only four bins in the whole subframe. Right. And the rest is is cut at an angle and then notched. And saying we did not build the subframe until it was at height and until we had the differentials here, because we didn't know how low the subframe needed to go. So we we built everything. I guess almost backwards, but being it was our first one, we uh, we needed everything here. Yeah. You know, Say so now I have all the measurements now, and it'd be it'd probably be a quicker process to be honest with you to build the next one. But to repeat it, but that's always the fun of doing a one-off project, isn't it? Is kind of getting everything together and just having a rough idea in your head and then just executing. Absolutely, you know this, and this this is the reason why we're in this business is is for the one-off stuff and. And the, the projects and stuff like that. I know the the projects definitely keep me and my guys uh, interested in the, in the industry, and that's that's how I, I keep our guys from getting burnt out. We try to do one big project a year um, for the shop, you know, just to keep my guys interested and to, to keep me interested, keep my mind fresh and always moving. So, are you getting a lot of competition asking you um, for empty shop time? When are you available? When can I get my truck up to you to get some stuff done? Absolutely, we do. And we, we usually stay around three weeks behind. You know, we usually have a three-week backlog. Now, if I could if I could find some good mechanics, that that would be a godsend, but good mechanics are, are very hard to find nowadays. So we've actually been looking for another mechanic for about three months now, but we just can't find anybody to really uh, fit the build yet. Well, hopefully if uh, that listener is listening right now and get a hold of you, tell us how to get a hold of you real quick. Absolutely. Um, you say we're here in Jacksonville, North Carolina. You can look us up on, on Facebook or in Google, um, and our phone number is very simple. It's 910-577-FAST. Fast. That's right, bitches. <laughs> what else do you guys do over there besides the big uh, monster truck there? What else do you guys specialize in? You know, we're, we're just like any other diesel performance shop in, in that sense of we do a lot of 6.0s, um, a lot of bulletproof packages. Um, huh. We do a lot of work with the 6.7 Ford now. You say a lot of Cummins builds, lots of high horsepower Cummins builds. We just finished uh, an 850 horsepower daily driver uh, about an hour ago. Guy just just came and got that. So it's uh, anything from a semi all the way down. I've got a Volkswagen Rabbit here. We just souped up. <laughs> That's awesome. You got it, another. That, it, that little car is is just so cool. I, if the guy would sell it, I would definitely buy it and just drive it around for a, for a parts getter because that, that thing is neat. They're a blast to drive. I used to have one when I was in high school, and, uh, yeah, we put it in so many ditches, we finally had to scrap it. It was just there wasn't a straight panel on it. <laughs> They're fun, though. Um, but you got another project in the shop we were talking a little bit about. Can you give us maybe just kind of an idea of what else you guys will be uh, releasing here in the next year or so? Absolutely. Um our goal is to debut our uh, new diesel dragster um, in uh, in the spring of next year, and it, it will have a uh, a six seven Ford engine on it on board with it. Now we're, uh, we're shooting for a, a six eighty quarter mile time. Wow, that's cooking for a dragster, son. And I mean, for anything, it it absolutely is. You know, we're we're going to be the first diesel dragster out there with uh, the six seven Ford motor. So we're we're trying to to compete with uh, some of the guys out of Terre Haute and not not try to so, so much as beat them, but just try to just try to run with them. And you know, if we can get a win in here and there, I'm okay with that. 
Absolutely. I'm excited to see that. There's, there's not enough really dragsters out there, are there, Danny? I mean, we see a lot of guys out drag racing. I think that's kind of the natural progression of the sport of who can go ultimately the fastest, right? Because that's what a dragster is about. Is it, It's just a rail with a motor and a seat on it, and a steering wheel is really just there for oh shit handles, more or less. <laughs> there's there's a little bit more to, to it than that. I, I, Paul, I is, Paul is a simpleton. No Paul is it. a simpleton. I feel like anytime we talk about drag racing, he thinks it's so simple. It is. It's you just not, roll up to the line and launch it. To quit crying. You do not just roll up to the line and launch it. it there's more to it than that. There's a science and there, there's a skill and an art involved there. There's an art involved. Yes. Setting your vehicle up properly to run a consistent six, seven second quarter mile. That takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of know-how. You have to have a history on doing that. You can't just do that. I don't know. Cliff, have you ever done that before? Um, no, I'm not a drag racer. Um, everybody tells me that uh, I've told everybody drag racing is usually pretty boring. And they, they've all told me, well, Cliff, you just haven't went fast enough. Oh, damn. So um, <laughs> we figured we'd go in the, the pro diesel class and go for, go for broke on this thing. And I'm sure you're going to have, hopefully, the, some guys that have been there, have done that, and are guiding you through the process, I hope. Absolutely. We have a lot of support and um, a lot of local support from other drag racers and stuff like that here in the area that are definitely going to help us out with this, this build, getting it, getting it perfect, per se. Um, so we, uh, we, we have got the chassis and everything else together now. So it won't be long, and we're... Uh, the heads are getting CNC'd machined right now. Uh, as we speak, the billet heads are getting built for this motor. So that hopefully is. it won't be long and we'll be testing. But I can tell you one thing, though, that we're going to be different than every other dragster on the track is how many diesel dragsters are diesel periods that you know that leave the line from an idle. From an idle. We're going to leave from an idle under full boost. Why? Well, when you're when you're spooling turbos, you're creating a lot of heat and a lot of a lot of carnage in the torque converter. A lot of we're trying to build this thing where it'll last. Okay. So with with that being said, um, I've I got some pretty neat ideas in my head from that have definitely kept me up from night from sleeping, and um, we're going to put those ideas to use, and um, we should be at at a uh, at full boost at the line at idle. That's. I, I guess that's going to be one of those things that we'll have to see, right? Because absolutely, if if everything works out the way I think it's going to, um, good possibility there's going to be a shift in the industry. Really, man, good for you to have those goals because that's what this industry is all about. Are guys like you coming up with crazy stuff that nobody, everybody says that ain't going to work, and then they go and do it, and they start stomping the competition, and then they have all these followers afterwards. Absolutely, absolutely. We're always ready to see a big change in the industry. And Cliff, I do want to say thank you so much for joining us today and telling us about Nuffsad and about the new 67 Ford uh, drag rail that we're getting ready to see here next year. Everybody out there, definitely take some time and check out Triple C Diesel on Facebook. Check them out. TripleCDiesel.com, if I remember correctly, Cliff. Yes, sir, it is. How else can people get a hold of you? You want to give us the number again? Absolutely. It's 910-577-FAST. This has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thanks for listening.
The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com, developer of performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of late model diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, John Deere, Jeep, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. And I feel like anytime we talk about drag racing, he thinks it's so simple. It is. It's you just not. roll up to the line and launch it to quit crying.